the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. And my two co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Fon, are off today, but I do have a special guest I'll introduce in just a minute here. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And those certificates are worth over $100, so you definitely want to participate in the trivia contest. Uh, Today's trivia theme is miscellaneous trivia. Our special guest today is Pete Vanderveen of Triumph Performance Academy, and he'll be discussing with us leadership, team building, and scaling and optimization of real estate. Pete, welcome to The Best of Investing. Thank you, Edward. It's great to be here. Very good. It's great to have you. Now, uh, first of all, I I noticed that uh, I uh, when I got in touch with you, it was an eight hundred eight area code, and that usually means Hawaii. Now, are you actually in Hawaii? I always joke that I live vicariously through my old address. So now ah. I live in Northern Scottsdale, but I still oh, run okay. the number. Ah, okay. Because I, I just I, whenever I see that number, an eight hundred eight area code, I just kind of oh, I think about the trade winds and the beaches <laughs> and all that. <laughs> so, so how did you? Yeah. So, what have you used to live in Hawaii, and then you shifted over to Scottsdale? Yeah, I did. I had actually lived in Hawaii for a while. I built a fitness company there, and then we transitioned uh, to Phoenix. Strategically, we had a few partnerships here, which is what brought us to the valley. And ever since, we were like, "Well, we're not going back." So. Okay. Hawaii is a great place to live. It's a terrible place to work. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I think you're always probably looking outside and going, I want to be on those waves. You know, <laughs> No one wants to work in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, why, yeah, why would you? Uh, All right. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself and, the, and your company. Well, I've got a pretty extensive background. Um, Triumph Performance Academy is really a product of many years of executive leadership. I've uh, I've founded over a dozen companies of my own. I used to run a Fortune 5 company, optimizing uh, production and, and management across around a $12 billion, $12 billion P&L in six countries. So what I did is when I left that position, I really had a hunger to really help and provide optimization for executives, for leaders, for companies, utilizing what I've learned over the years, but helping people do things in a more holistically sound and more successful way where we're all getting the most bang for our buck, but we're really creating cultures of empowerment and 
helping people live a great life while they strive for success because I've seen the other side of the coin where corporate America drives performance at a cost and it's really at a cost to the individuals. So to me, that's not success. If, if I want to achieve a quarterly goal and I run my people into the ground, well, then what did I win? All I did is it was my benefit at their cost. And for me, Triumph Performance Academy is really creating a better approach where we can build individuals, we can build teams, we can build companies while finding success and finding success, finding, and I mean like living your, your, living your best life success rather than exhausting your life to try to achieve some type of corporate success. Yeah, especially when people work too hard, the, the production uh, actually goes down. You know, I mean, the, the quality and stakes and all that, it's better for them to just figure out exactly, you know, what what really works for them. Um, you know, and you got to have a job that you really enjoy. I mean, I, I actually, I look forward to Mondays. I actually do. I love, yeah. I love working. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like my assistant who's been with me for 30 years, uh, she just loves doing what she does. You know, and then, you know, pays awesome. okay. Yeah, because money, money is only going to be so much of a motivator. Um, yeah. and, but now what you're doing is, is different than life coaching. I mean, it sounds like you're more working with the businesses, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not. I, I find life coaching makes me think of a yoga instructor and some tofu. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's, I, I see myself as a business executive, like that had that Fortune 5 position. And now it's like, I just want to come and bring my knowledge and expertise and also my school of hard knocks learning to the next person. It's like, I want to go and be there for the next person because I wish someone had been there for me along the way. So I really feel like I'm just, I'm just trying to help the next person become ultra successful. Now you, uh, did I hear you correctly? Cause you actually said this twice, fortune five company, that's fortune 500. No five fortune five. So <laughs> the top five companies in the fortune 500 would be, the big, yeah. the big boys. Wow. Okay. Cause it's funny. I, yeah. I've heard of fortune 100, but I hadn't heard fortune five before. And uh, so you actually did work with those companies. Yeah, I was running operations. So I was operations. I was kind of head of the management for division or fortune five company. So I was spanning the Western hemisphere. I had over a thousand reports and then my P and L was around 12 billion annually for our operating budget. So we had a uh, significant, obviously it was a massive scale. We had a massive optimization and we had a massive ability to transform culture and transform. We drove a 300% improvement in the productivity of this company. So we're talking, you know, big numbers. Oh yeah. For a fortune five company, you increase, increase their income. That's going to be substantial, obviously. Tell you what, we are yeah. going to get to our first commercial break here. And now uh, this question, I'm not sure if you're going to know only, Specifically because, uh, you know, our show airs primarily in the San Francisco Bay Area, although you know, people from around the country uh, might tune in. Uh, but mostly we're going to have the Bay Area and yeah, a little bit more uh, external California. All right. So here's our first trivia question. What is the longest bridge in the San Francisco Bay Area? All right. First caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate. Call 888-912-1190 and answer this question. What is the longest bridge in the San Francisco Bay Area? 
That's our trivia question. When we come back, we are going to continue on with Pete Vanderveen because uh, he's going to talk about operations and change, change management, scaling and optimization of real estate, team building, and uh, leadership. That will be very interesting. So don't touch that dial. We are going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Pete Vanderveen. By the way, Pete, um, Vanderveen, that's a very interesting name. What's the background, the nationality? Yeah, so my family's Dutch. Dutch. I was going to guess that ahead of time, but uh, I figured, now I'll let you tell me. Okay. Uh, Here was our first trivia question. What is the longest bridge in the San Francisco Bay Area? Do you have any idea? You can answer if you if you know the answer. Or oh, take a I guess. Thought, at. I was going to say, isn't that the San Francisco Bridge? Uh, uh, the Bay Bridge, actually, no. The it's Bay Bridge. Uh, no, it's the San Mateo Dash Hayward Bridge. So a lot of people just call oh. it the San Mateo Bridge. Yeah, I didn't know that was the longest. Yeah. I would have thought it would have been the uh, the Bay Bridge too, but uh, that's yeah. all right. All right, so. Um, Pete, uh, some topics you wanted to cover. I'm kind of interesting about here where you say change management. What, what, what did you mean by that? So when I, when I think of change management, what I'm always focusing on is really applying what's considered like continuous improvement culture into a corporation. So it's really, it's kind of at, a, at its core, you're doing root cause analysis and then you're applying kind of a limiter redesign process, which ultimately the way I transformed the Fortune 5 company, the way I've transformed real estate companies is I'm constantly looking for limiters to success, things that are adhering our forward momentum. So it's like, where are we stuck? What are we stuck on? How do we fix it? How do we fix it properly? Utilizing our knowledge of the root cause because too many corporations make band-aid solutions. They try to find an easy way out. They're trying to avoid the real problem. And for me, it's like when we address the root cause and we put a practical, tangible solution in place, we can get out of that pit and we can get back on the lap and keep making laps, obviously to win the Daytona or whatever we're doing. But it's like if we, if we address the problem, put a good solution in place, that's what continuous improvement culture is really based on is is sound logical analysis and then practical solutions. How often do you get some pushback from the higher ups when you give your recommendations? Or they usually it, it happened a lot. Okay. Yeah, it, it happens a lot. But I think, and obviously in the in this Fortune Five company, I was dealing with hundreds, if not thousands, of executives that, and then you're dealing with shareholders. So it's more than just coming in with a one size fits all solution. It's it's sure. really, you really have to sell the vision. You have to sell the picture. You have to sell the, the entirety of it all. And if you can show cost benefit analysis, if you can show projections, if you can show performance, you really have to do a good job of, of painting a picture so that people can see the vision, they can buy into your vision and they, they can buy into your solutions. And I think that's where, 
it's it's that's where having great relationships and getting people to know like and trust you and to to show people that they can trust you and then yeah that's when the that's when you start to take the the log jam out of the river and things start to flow but it's part of it's a marketing it's really a marketing endeavor you have to really sell your message to the stakeholders on the team yeah, and I got to think that with those kind of large numbers of employees, you're probably not going to be even talking about any kind of specific employee. It's more of a cultural thing or a procedural, you know, like a, a chain of command. That's sort of mm-hmm. kind of keeping it somewhat generic, right? Yeah, certainly. And I think I was very strategic. My approach is always like, I want to go, I like to influence the people that are ones making the decision. And then I'm also trying to influence the people that are going to be the ones that are going to provide potentially some resistance. And my always approach is instead of walking into a boardroom and trying to face 30 people or 300 people at once, I'm going to go out, I'm going to want to preface that situation by talking to each one individually and addressing their concerns before they come up. And then when it comes to decision-making time, you've already got uniformity and you've already got buy-in from the group, from the mass. And that's what makes these things really successful is you're not, because if you get one objection, suddenly you get two and 10 and 20 and you get this kind of, everyone's kind of dogpiling the objection. Whereas if you've already got everyone's buy-in individually, A, you've shown them that they can know, like, and trust you. You've also shown them that you care about their opinion. And then the lastly, it's like, I've already got their objections and I, I've basically took the wind out of their sails address their concerns and now i use that as more ammo to continue to to gain momentum okay and we're going to cut to a break here in just a minute um when we come back i know a lot of uh, our audience is interested in real estate so i want to hear how you've been dealing with with that um how do you charge for your services is it project based yeah at this point i'm i'm doing a lot of freelance stuff so yeah i I do, I work with, I do a lot of one-on-one stuff. So I'm working with senior C-suite executives, helping empower them so that they can turn around and empower, run their company. So I'm giving them strategic advice or I work with teams or corporations on a larger scale. So everything's tailored to the need. Okay. And before we get to our break also, uh, give out your information in case we have some executives out there who uh, can use your services. Yeah, so anyone can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, it's, I'm an easy find on LinkedIn, Pete Bannerine. Um, and then I've got my website, tryandperformanceacademy.com. And then I've also got my cell number, 808-276-0017. All right, very good. And again, when we come back, uh, I do want to get here some advice about what you, uh, besides the real estate, about team building. Because that's always kind of a kind of a neat thing. Uh, you know, we were just talking about that at uh, Pacific Private Money, how, we needed to have a little bit more meetings from the standpoint of keeping everyone engaged. Um, Cause a lot of times information gets from one person to another and other people are kind of going, Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I needed to hear that. You know, so <laughs> I get your advice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Our second trivia question, we're, we're going to bounce all over the place. We had a, a question about a bridge. Uh, the next question is a sports question. And the last question is more of a history question. So it's definitely miscellaneous trivia on this one. All right, second trivia question. With what team did Dennis Rodman win his first NBA title? I think they used to call him the worm. I'm not sure why, but call yeah. uh, 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which, again, is worth over $100. All 
what team, which team, excuse me, uh, with which, let's try this again, with what team did Dennis Rodman win his first NBA title? And I love him or hate him, but uh, he was definitely one of the best rebounders uh, of all time. All right, uh, that's our trivia question, 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. you got to stay with us. We're going to be right back with Pete Vanderveen, and he's got some really good stuff to share with us. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Listening to the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host. My two co hosts, Mark Tomp and Non Fon, are off today. They're working hard. That's why they couldn't come on to the show. But we do have our special guest, Pete Vanderveen. Uh, but our second trivia question was. With what team did Dennis Rodman win his first NBA title? Pete, do you know the answer? I'm going to say it's Pistons. That's right. It was the Detroit Pistons. Like, I think a lot of people sort of forgot about that, and they kept thinking about him with Michael Jordan on the Bulls. But, yep, Detroit yeah. Pistons. That's when they, they were the bad boys. All right. Yeah. Um, so, Pete, uh, let's, do, do, let's get into a couple of these other things. Um, so, scaling and optimization of real estate, and then we'll get into the team building. Um, what, what 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 do you what do you mean by that? The scaling and optimization of real estate. How do you help uh, investors or companies with that? Well, I think part of it is it's it's there again. It's my propensity to look for the problems because I like to provide solutions. And I think real estate in general is, I'm, I would say, majority of real estate people come from kind of a silo culture, whereas like a lot of realtors, they work individually. It's not it's not so much a team sport as it is an individual sport. Yeah, so true. I think a lot of, a lot of real estate teams typically don't have a great like communication and collaboration culture. So hmm. because we work individually, we don't thrive in team settings and we don't optimize in, in team settings. So in order to scale a company, we really need to create a great foundation. Obviously real estate, needs a good foundation to build the structure upon. And I think a lot of companies, if you've started the company and you're just a lone wolf, you're going to have trouble scaling because you're only one person. You can only do so many things, but yeah. in order to scale effectively, we need a sound foundation, which means we need good sound business principles. We need good operating systems. We need sound, sound, you know, principles policies, procedures, we need ways of having a hierarchy, distinguishing communication, chains of command, all those types of things are critical to start scaling because when you scale, you're in washer and repeat mode, you're in copy paste mode, you got to be ready so that when you build the structure up, it doesn't fall over. You know, it's interesting. I, I know a couple of realtor teams where two women basically got together and decided, uh, I don't know exactly behind the scenes how they split their commissions, but uh, they cover for one another. So it's a, I guess it's the same sort of thing. As long as one's not taking advantage of the other, then, you know, one plus one equals five instead of, uh, you know, you're, like you said, you, you get your, if you're too compartmentalized by yourself, you, I mean, you can only do so much. 
Yeah, you can. Okay. So uh, get into the team building. I'm kind of interested, interested in hearing about that. How do you, how do, you do your team building? Well, I think it's, I'm a believer in like the U.S. principles. So I think they have a lot of, they have a lot of things that I adhere to. But I think when it comes to team building, you certainly need to have, I'm always a fan of having people with, with the charisma and the attitude. We can teach knowledge, but you can't teach, you can't teach attitude. So if someone doesn't have a good fit, that's definitely a deal breaker. And I think secondary to that is you definitely, you definitely want to make sure that you cover your basis so that you've got people that are in the right seats in the right bus. You got people that really know it, want it and get it. So they know what their roles are. They want to do it. They want to perform and they're going to show up and they're going to deliver. But it's also having, I'm a big believer in collaboration, which is like kind of a reciprocity culture where you work. My job is to not come to work and make sure that I'm taking care of them. My job is to come to work and make sure that you as my coworker, that I'm supporting you to make you the best version of yourself, most successful version of yourself. So that my job is to come and give out of abundance rather than coming to work and come out of a place of scarcity. I like that. And uh, we have a little bit of time. Uh, move on to the leadership part. Cause I said to me, being a servant leader is, is kind of the best thing. Um, you know, I just could cut you off for a little bit here, but um, I remember even when I was CEO of uh, a real estate, a hard money loan company, uh, you know what, to me, you throw the ego aside. And so there were times we had to close deals and everybody had to work through lunch. And what they were doing was something I didn't have the talent for. So I basically just said, hey, I'm the errand boy. What do you guys want for lunch? You know, and it didn't matter yeah. what you were in the company. And I, I think that really helps because like at Pacific Private Money, I think the, the CEO is the hardest working person. Um, and right. I think it really helps when other people see that he, he doesn't just sit back with his feet on the desk, smoking cigars, you know, waiting to just cash checks. He's, he's in the, uh, you know, right in the trenches and everyone can see that he works much harder than, and not that everybody doesn't work hard, but he, but everything, everyone can yeah. see that he really works hard and that fosters a, a good, I think it fosters a good, healthy relationship for uh, hard work. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a, that's one of the things that I do a lot of these days is providing leadership advising and, and mentoring. And to me, I hear companies, I hear executives come to me all the time. And they're like, how do I scale my business? How do I, how do I optimize? How do I grow? And how do I provide better leadership? And for me, the, the number one thing is authenticity. If you as a leader want people to follow you in the battle, then you better make sure that you're someone that is worthy of following in the battle, which means yeah. as a leader, like you said, servant leadership, but being the authentic inspirational version so that someone's like, I love that guy. I'm going to do whatever. I, I got that guy's yeah. back. My boss has my back. But I think a lot of bosses, they take this character to the stick or they're like, they have this dictatorial role. And it's like a boss should be the one that looks to be the rising tide in the harbor, to raise all the ships, to be the, the person that's like, listen, here's our endeavor. But if you have my back, I got your back. Let's go do this together. But to me as a leader, I thrive when I make sure that all my reports are successful. Excellent. Okay. I got to cut to our uh, third trivia question here. Who was the primary author of the declaration of independence? All right. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. 
who was the primary author of the Declaration of Independence. All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown and special guest, Pete Vanderveen. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown, along with special guest Pete Vanderveen. All right, our third trivia question. Who was the primary author of the Declaration of Independence? I'm going to say Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Holy smokes, you went two out of three. And the only one you need, the only reason yes. you get the other one is because you're out of town. And that's, that's perfectly <laughs> acceptable. That's right. Okay. Um, it's, it's before we cut the break, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, servant leadership. And then it reminded me that, and I've said this before in the air, but, uh, you know, I've been a landlord. And when I looked at the tenants, um, Rather than it being, uh, you know, me, like a one up, one down, me over them, I almost looked at it the opposite because I looked at it and I said, you know what, you guys are, thank you very much for paying your rent because you're, you're paying my mortgage. You know, what can I do to serve you? You know, within, within limits, right? Um, but, yeah. you know, hey, your water heater broke, boom, let's get right on that. You know, you pay rent in order to get a habitable place to live. And, you know, I think most people are going to be pretty thankful you know, when they, uh, when they get that. So when you've worked for fortune five companies, uh, I mean, you must be good. So, uh, uh, I'd say, yeah, yeah, okay. So, but you're doing some freelance now. Uh, how big is your team? Is is it just you or do you have other people underneath you? No, it's just me. Just you. Okay. Um, give out your information one more time. So I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Pete Vanderveen. And then my website is triumphperformanceacademy.com. My phone number is 808-276-0017. Yeah, I can't believe, I can't imagine there's too many Pete Vanderveens. Uh, there might be a few, but uh, not too many of them on LinkedIn. No. Probably, and it's, uh, no, there's not. Okay, very good. And again, the name of your company is called Triumph Performance Academy, right? That's right. Okay. Yes, sir. Very good. Um, and so now I, I want to move over to uh, uh, telling the audience a little bit about Pacific Private Money. Um, so Pacific Private Money has four different funds. And what's amazing is one of the funds, specifically the one called the Freedom Fund, raises money to uh, lend to primarily for bridge loans. But the best part of it is they take the loans and then they package them and they sell them off to the big boys. You know, I say Wall Street, but it's not necessarily Wall Street, but it's the big boys and the Fortune 5 companies in the, in the real estate uh, lending business, right? And, uh, uh, and so the money comes back every roughly two to three weeks. These sales happen. And so Pacific Private Money gets the money back, puts it on the conveyor belt and sends it off again because they have much more demand for their product, uh, the loans, uh, than they have money. So they're constantly going through this uh, uh, cycle. Uh, of loans. And the best part about it as an investor is the minimum investment is 250,000. So it's pretty, pretty pricey. And you do have to be a, an accredited investor, but for 250,000, they're going to pay you 7% at 500,000. They're going to pay you 8%. And at a million or more, they'll pay 9%. 
the best part about it is not only does your principal just stay the same, but it's similar to a money market account in that uh, you can, it, it's fairly liquid. Now you can't write checks on it and you can't get your money back in one day, but if you can allow 30, up to 30 days, they'll give you your money back uh, within that 30 day period. And I, I've experienced that myself where I've lent them money or I mean, I've, excuse me, I've invested in the fund and for whatever reason I needed money back and I've gotten the money back usually within about two weeks. And I've actually heard of clients who have gotten their money back in about three days. And mostly because when they did one of their trades, they just happened to get the money back at that time. And before they put it out for new loans, they, they ask, has anybody requested their money back? If they have, they, you do that first. Anything that's left over, just go ahead, put it on the conveyor belt and, and do it again. So, you know, I don't know any other alternative investment out there with this kind of liquidity that's paying this high rate of return with this little risk. I mean, it's kind of like the best of all worlds, low risk, high return and liquidity. I mean, that, that, that should be their motto really. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they also, um, they one of the other funds is one where I, I'm actually one of the managers uh, minimum investment is only 50000 and we just pay a flat 7.5%. And you still have to be an accredited investor. But what we're doing with that money is we're, we are buying discounted mortgages, primarily in the state of Texas, but we can go elsewhere. And uh, the best part about that, I think, is the loan-to-value on the, you know, the amount that is the loan divided by the value of the property is only about 44%. But, but we're buying them at a discount. So it's even lower. It, the average is about 29%. So, you know, that's a pretty conservative uh, investment when you look at making a loan and saying, wait a minute, if a property is worth $100,000 and, and we're only into it for, you know, and the loan is 44000 but we're only into it for $29,000, uh, we are not too too risky on that. In fact, what's what's happened is sometimes when there's a foreclosure, and it's not it's not that often, but when it happens, uh, we actually make money. So you know, you try to keep people in their houses, but every once in a while, you know, certain people will just decide not to pay. Um, and so we we've not had any losses, and uh, the fund has about eighty five loans roughly in it, um, and it's been going on. For, it's only about a two year old fund. Um, but we have had some foreclosures and we've just been you know, successful at it. So uh, the whole idea that I, I told us to people is don't lose money, right? I mean, if you think about it, if you have $100,000 and, and you're in the stock market, let's say, and you lose $20,000, uh, that's 20%. With the remaining $80,000, now you got to make 25% on your money, get back up to $100,000 just to break even, Right. And and that, that and that just breaks you even. That doesn't even get you ahead. So uh, right. anyway, so we, the whole idea again is is to be as conservative as possible. Uh, and the reason people need our loans is because we can work quickly. On the discounted mortgages, they're selling because uh, you know these people carried back a mortgage or um, you know from selling their house and uh, they need cash. So we we offer what we think is fair, and then they'll either take it or leave it. And then uh, on the ones that were originating the notes. Uh, you know, if somebody owns a house, but they want to buy a new house, the bank usually won't lend them money because they probably owe a little bit of money on the first house. So what we'll do is we'll lend them money. We'll be a first mortgage on the target house and we'll cross collateralize it and be a second mortgage on the current house if there's enough equity. Uh, sometimes they own their house outright. 
but their income isn't high enough to qualify for a new for a brand new loan. So uh, we've had situations like that. And again, what we do is we we go ahead and make the loan. Um, and when they sell their first house, that's when they pay us off. So it's uh, it worked out. It's it's worked out very very well. And interestingly enough, business has actually picked up because the pool of money has gotten smaller. You know, there are a lot of real estate mortgage companies, lending companies that have laid people off because the refinance market has dried up considerably because interest rates went up. And uh, and even though some people have canceled their purchase contracts, uh, that proportion has been a lot smaller than the number of lenders out there who are willing to lend. So, you know, we're not taking uh, any, you know, undue risks, I guess you'd call it. Um, we, we've lowered our loan to value just because we know that, you know, there's a little bit more risk when uh, rates are higher and real estate prices might drop. So anyway, for more information, contact PacificPrivateMoney.com. Their number is more, uh, 415-883-2150. And uh, you can give them a call if you want to be an investor or if you need money. All right, stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Pete Vanderveen. Uh, Pete, how did you get into the, this business of uh, you know, giving advice to Fortune 5 companies? <laughs> I think it comes down to that I, I just get a real satisfaction out of helping people. That's how I've always led my company, where I, I sought to make other people, obviously, when I saw that I had a thousand reports, I realized the power those thousand people had on my success. And if I made them more successful, they were only going to help me become more successful. So to me, gotcha. I'm always looking at how can I serve other people because I know it'll come back multiple fold. Okay. And I think for me, I think growing up a lot of times I had times where like I've had a few real estate companies that I had one that I, I had a, I lost $4 million on because I had a 60 acre subdivision that I was building and I bootstrapped the whole thing myself. And I never, no one wanted to participate. No one wanted to help me. So I was like, oh, I'll do it myself. Well, one day I realized how bad exposure is on bare land development and entitlement. And so I learned the hard way, but looking back, I'm like, I wish someone had, I wish I had someone that was willing to walk alongside me and help me find success and give me those tips and tricks and now I just have a passion to like find the people, find executives and find corporations that's like, Hey, let me give you some, some success nuggets of information that you can go and thrive with. But cause I hate to see people do things the wrong way and then wonder why everything's falling apart. Whereas like, if I can say, Hey, like I've been there, I've done that. Let's, let me show you the right way. It's kind of that special teams coach where you're just, you're looking down on the field you're just trying to make sure that we win the game or that they win the game. And I was just able to help be influential in that. Gotcha. Well, thanks again, uh, Pete. Hey, I did want to make a mention here. So Amazon is being sued in California for antitrust because it, it, there's something to do with them, the way that they're doing their pricing and they're kind of quote, forcing other companies to have 
not a lower price, you know, to make sure that they have higher prices than Amazon, you know, that, that kind of right. going on. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading, and again, this is just, I read this today, and, and I don't know that much about it, but uh, it looked like the state was going to try to get the proceeds if they're successful in the lawsuit, the state of California. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the, you know, the, wow. it's like, wait a minute, wouldn't you give that money either to the consumers, which would be hard to do, or to the companies that are being forced to raise their prices uh, or, you know, on, on their other sites. I don't know why California would get the benefit of this at all, except for to help pay for the attorneys to bring the lawsuit. But, you know, if you think right. about it, uh, and, and they were and Amazon was quoted in the paper, and, and it's kind of true that if suddenly you take this advantage away, what's going to end up happening is the consumers are going to just end up paying higher prices because mm-hmm. Amazon's going to not be able to control that price and and then suddenly all these other companies that are trying to sell on Amazon, they go, okay, great. We don't have to worry about, uh, you know, Amazon undercutting us. And, and guess what? Prices are going to go up and consumers get hurt. So lovely California does it again, you know. <laughs> now, now, this suit happened also in Washington, D.C., and it was defeated. Uh, and so for some reason, California or uh, the attorney general, whoever, decided, well, let's bring in California. Let's see if we can get a judge here will, you know, change, uh, change things. But um, I mean, I kind of get the the gist of it, um, you know, especially if Amazon's got its own like proprietary type of product versus just allowing it to be a platform for other people to sell on it. I mean, I do kind of get that. But anytime the government kind of steps in, it always seems to to not be best for the consumers. You know, what, what did Reagan say? The nine worst words are, I'm here from the government. I'm here to help you or something along those lines. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Pete, are you ready for our thoughts for the day? Here we go. I'd love it. What do you call a detective who just solves cases accidentally? You call him Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and, uh, good. and this one, now this is not a pun, but this is a good one here. The first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. I thought that was a pretty good. Pearl. That's true. I like that. That's All right. Really good. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.